Hi, I'm Phil. And I'm Shane. And you're watching and listening to episode 27 of My Tech Opinion. And this week we're going to talk about, because we've got different surrounds, community radio. So let's get the show started right now. And welcome to My Tech Opinion. This is number episode number 27. My name is Phil Edwards and I'm in Melbourne and I'm joined by my regular co-host who's normally in Perth, but guess what? He's in Melbourne, Shane Johnson. G'day, Shane. How are hey, you? Hey, Phil. How you doing, mate? Good. We're actually in the same room at the same time for once, so welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. And uh, normally we're here, I'm sitting on the couch in my study and you're in your study at, at home and we're talking over the internet and all that sort of stuff. But tonight, we're uh, actually in the studios of the community radio station that I'm involved with uh, here at 3WBC in Box Hill in Melbourne. So you've come down because I do another show called Geeks Interrupted, and uh, you came down to sit in on that tonight. I did. And uh, we've stuck around and we're doing an in-person recording of My Tech Opinion. Yes, first time I've sat in front of um, professional audio equipment. We'll sh- and we'll show you a bit about that later on, so make sure you uh, stay tuned to that. We'll talk about it, but this is, could be a good one for video. So if you are listening on the audio, we'll talk about things in audio format. But what you can also do is have a look at the video on YouTube because I will do a video tour of some of the pieces of equipment that we use to get our station on the air. So it's not just microphones, it's mixers and, oh, as I knock the microphone, mixers and sound processes um, and all sorts of things that we will uh, get, we get us to air that we can show you and talk about. It's not as fancy as some of the, the, the commercial radio stations, but it still sounds pretty bloody good, I reckon. It's better than the one I go home. Nothing wrong with that either. It's all <laughs> good. So uh, you're in Melbourne. What's been happening? Uh, I flew in today. Um, it's been a hectic day. It got off to a kind of late start. Um, didn't miss the plane or anything. I got there on time. Just that people didn't realise that because my sister brought me to the airport yep. in Perth, and she didn't know whether it was today or tomorrow, and she thought it was tomorrow. So she does dog washing on the side. So she'd organised a couple of dog washes like at nine o'clock. That's not my fault. Um, so I'm cruising to get up to mum and dad's to be there by about 8.15, 8.30. And she's ringing me going, where are you, where are you? So I had that. Then she dropped me off at uh, the Qantas terminal and I was flying Jetstar. Oh. But that was only just up the road, so that's fine. Then we got in the plane. The plane pushed back. The plane was heading for the runway. And this guy got on the plane. He was feeling a bit off and he was, oh, no, no, I'll stick around. And then as we're pushing back, heading to the runway, he goes, no, I can't do this. So we had to get back to the gate, drop him off, drop his gate, uh, drop his luggage off. And they, then, they would have had to have gone through all the luggage to find it, wouldn't they? Yeah, it took a while. Yeah. So the plane was about an hour and something late. Great. you got to love those things. And I bet you they didn't let you off the plane either. No. Yeah. And they didn't give you any free drinks or anything? No, they didn't. No, it was Jetstar. You had to pay for everything. Did you have any seat back entertainment? No. Wow, that would have driven me nutto. Yeah, some Absolutely of the flight no. attendants were good looking. 
Oh, I don't pay attention to that. Otherwise, I get kicked by my wife. Yeah. See, I'm not married anymore, so it's all right. It's all right. There you go. So, uh, yeah, so you're here and uh, you got into Melbourne and you've traipsed all the way out of the city to get to, to Box Hill because we ain't close to the city. No, it's a lot further Not, as, not as far as I live away from the city, but because I've got another 30 k's to go that way, which really doesn't help on a video or a podcast, yeah. but that way. <laughs> Someone who's not from Melbourne. Yeah. So it's, um, it's not as far as you drive from work to home, but it probably takes almost as long with Melbourne traffic. Yeah. I can tell you that. So, uh, there you go. So, um, we're here. Um, what else have I been up to? Not much. Uh, footy season's over for me, finally. So Not um, over for me. Well, yeah. But, but I'm, when I say that as, as taking an active role, whether it be yeah. for radio or for, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, or, stuff. Yeah, or going, because my team's out of out of the finals. Grand finals this week when we're recording this. So this probably won't go up until after the grand final. So he will either be a winner or a loser. <laughs> be a winner, mate. Either way. So uh, there you go. So, um, but other than that, um, I'm getting some normality back in my life, which is never normal. I'm always doing far too much. Hence the reason why, as we're recording this, it is 11 o'clock <laughs> on a Monday night and I'm recording a podcast after doing a two-hour radio show, after doing... Half of a radio show before that. So it's only nine o'clock for me. Yeah. So you can, you can tell, you, you've seen me in action now. I run around like a headless chook mm-hmm. whilst the show's going on, and you don't hear that all the time on the radio. No. But uh, uh, when I'm here, I do about 10 different things at once. And that's after doing a 12 hour day of radio yesterday. So. Yeah. And you have a regular job. I'm yeah, sure I do. I don't know how I do that sometimes, but anyway. <laughs> Um, before we continue, remember our sponsor, ATH Web Hosting, Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting. Uh, visit athwebhosting.com.au for great hosting plans and support. We had Glenn Goodman on the show a couple of uh, episodes ago, um, so you'd be supporting his business. And we talked about small business in that episode, so you'd be supporting his business by jumping onto them, and he makes uh, our show possible too, so we're thankful for that. So make sure you do that. Um, what else was I going to mention? Um, we have got, um, uh, ooh, I can't remember. There's this, see, we've only re-recorded another podcast only like two days ago. Yes. So. Not a lot There's not a lot days. happened <laughs> since in two days. So. We can um, make stuff up. We can make stuff up. Um, <clears throat> I, I became a millionaire. Yeah. Armageddon happened. Um, uh, Donald Trump is no longer the president of the United States. All those things are okay. lies. Although we could say that we've got another prime minister, and most people are odds on <laughs> odds on that could actually be the case. So there you go. Um, so yeah, so it's all that's all been happening. But uh, we thought since we're in the confines of a community radio station, that we might talk about community radio. Yes, and what is involved. And <clears throat> when we look at podcasting. Um, the great thing about podcasting is I'm just going to make sure I moved and make sure I'm still on the screen. <laughs> um, as we talk about podcasting, podcasting is pretty simple exercise because you've got a microphone and you can really get like a USB microphone record direct, in, direct into your computer these days. But you can also um, do, but you can record into that and you can make all the magic happen mm-hmm. after you do recording. Yes. So, whereas in the radio studio, everything's going live to air. So, you've got a heap of stuff to do in the one time. Um, so, we thought we'd talk about that. Okay. So, what we might do is we'll take a quick break 
and we'll come back and talk about our feature topic. I think we should. Excellent. You're listening and watching to My Tech Opinion, and we'll be back straight after this. And welcome back to My Tech Opinion. It's a bit of a quick intro today, because there's not a lot to talk about, because we're here in the studio. Um, but we are going to go into our feature topic, which we're talking about community radio in particular, radio stations. But as we're in the, the confines of a community radio station, we might as well talk about that now. So, Shane, welcome to 3WBC. You're in you're in my neck of the woods, my hood. Uh-huh. And uh, I have been involved here for nearly 11 years. Wow. Uh, and I've done community radio elsewhere in the meantime, though. And... Um, I am now, luckily, I think, the president of the radio station. So everyone complains to me, yeah. um, but the buck stops with me. You got ultimately, to, you've got to write the letters of reply back to the people and all that. Yes, stuff. and I had some come through about three o'clock this morning. <laughs> so, which is always fun. So, um, what do we say about community radio? So, community radio uh, came about um, uh, uh, as a result of some. Uh, pushed by a member of the um, Liberal Party, Tony Staley, in the 70s to set up a, a community radio infrastructure where the government would give uh, radio licences to community interest groups uh, or geographic-based groups. And um, what they would do is you could set up and, and provide independent, non-commercial broadcasting to your local community. Now, the hardcore community radio people out there probably will pick holes in everything I'm saying here, so I'm going on my understanding of everything. There are two types of community radio stations, particularly in the metro areas. There are metro-wide community stations, and they are um, designed to be a uh, broadcast to a particular group of people. So you might have a Christian station, you might have a youth-based station, those type of things. And then you have um, sub-metro generalist licences. So a, a metro-wide licence broadcasts to a group of people in the whole metropolitan area, so in Melbourne or Perth or Sydney. And then what we are is a sub-metro. So we have a lower power transmitter, so we're designed to reach a community of people in the Whitehorse Burundara area, hence the, the 3WBC, which is somewhere on the wall up there, which I don't think you can see in the in the shot, but that's okay. Um, and you um, and you've got to do a range of programming that meets the needs of that community. So for example, I do Geeks Interrupted, which talks about technology, and straight after us we've got a program that uh, is for the Indian community. So you won't have necessarily the same type of programs on one after the other. It's got some pitfalls. It's got some awesome possibilities at the same time because the downside is people are not going to listen to you all the time. Yep. But then the diversity of the programming that you've got and the diversity of people in your community is fantastic. How so, do you know and how often do you kind of revisit the type of people you've got in your community to make sure that you're still actually addressing their needs? Well, this is something that we are looking at right now, to be honest. Um, the... If you're looking at a spread of your community, you've obviously got to have people who come to you and want to be involved. So that's one basis because you can't force something. The other side of it is is that you might have a group of, you might look at census data and things like that. Um, One area that I always see concern of is the contribution of 
women, making sure men tend to like to do radio. But I'd like to have a, I don't think that we're underrepresented, but I don't know necessarily if we're represented across the right age ranges. And also having programming practices that are um, in line with the age demographic of our audience. So the thing with community radio is you get a lot of retired people because they have the time to come in during the day. So do you have programming practices that encourage more people of working ages and things like that? So they're the things that, you know, you, you, you want to do and census data can help you. Um, you've got to go through some... They, the ACMA, who handles our licence, wants us to go through community engagement processes and things like that. So there's a lot of work that can be done um, and a lot of work that can always be done and only with a finite amount of money to do it. Yeah. And then made to made more interesting... In Melbourne, uh, as it would be in Perth and what have you, you're in a saturated commercial market who have millions of dollars worth of advertising budgets and and what have you. Whereas I think that if you're in a in a regional area, you might have one or two commercial stations, and half the time they're networked. Yeah. So you have a real opportunity to create some real local opportunity and local sound. So there's some great stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> So yeah, so that and we uh, the license here we got in the early two thousands, and we used to be uh, our studios used to be in a neighbourhood house, and we occupied the entire station occupied a bedroom. Oh wow, cozy. Yeah, and uh, about ten or eleven years ago, the Whitehall City Council decided to turn one of the old town halls that were no longer be used as a town hall um, into have a number of facilities for. Um, community groups to get access to. Yep. So we are able to secure, about 10 years ago, 45 square metres of space. We have another room upstairs um, that we have our studios in. So you can tell it's... And you've come in here, you've heard you've heard it on radio. Yeah. It's pretty cosy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. You'd want to be friendly with the people that you work with. Yeah. And and we, we would love to have another, probably another 20 to 30 square metres down in this area. Yeah. Um, but we also get what we're given, and, yeah. and we are here um, at the um, support of the Whitehall City Council, and mm-hmm. we really appreciate the support and the facilities that they let us use. Because yeah. not only, like, we've got our studio space, but we can use meeting rooms, you know, and all that sort of stuff too. So there's a lot of different things that we can we get access to. So mm-hmm. that's really great. So, um, so, yeah, so that's where we sit. Yep. What we've got here are two studios that are on air all the time. Um, we're in Studio 2 at the moment, and we've also got Studio 1 that's at the front, and you've just been in Studio 1 when we're doing uh, the other program, um, and the program that's taken over from us is in there now. And, uh, yeah, so we, we've done that. We, we do that. We've also got another room upstairs, which uh, is mainly a tech storage space, but we have a studio set up there that can go on air if needed. Right. Um, but it's not always easy to access. Yeah. So, yes. So, what we have is, um, and what I'm going to do is, uh, as we, um, as you, if you're watching the video, you will see some photos and some footage overlaid on what we're talking about here. Um, but what we have in each studio is we have a, an Alan Audio Kestrel 12 uh, analog mixer uh, that covers our microphones, some CD players, a telephone. You can even... Hear that kick in. Oh, there's a telephone line there now. Oh, yeah. Um, 
and uh, the computer sounds, and we'll, we'll go through some of the computer stuff in a minute, uh, but CD players, and we've got what's called a high-level select, which allows you to have multiple inputs, um, uh, which is really hard to explain without actually yeah, doing it. it. Uh, so we have this in each mixer, in each studio. Now, the interesting thing about this mixer, made in Perth. Really? Yes. So there you go. A company called Elan Audio in Perth makes these. There you go. Um, and they're all modular, so you can there's modules that you can take out and swap over and all that sort of stuff if things go wrong. Um, and then what happens is once uh, those that signal's gone out, we have a sound processor in the master control room uh, that uh, has been designed and built in Queensland uh, using an open source product called, or I don't think it's open source, called Stereo Tool, and it makes us sound good. Um, what your what audio you're hearing on this is directly from the panel. It's not nicely processed or anything like that, but it um, the stereo tool uh, gives it a bit of life, compresses it a bit, pushes it up a bit, you know, does all those things, and then sends it off to our studio to transmit a link, yep. which is a uh, sits in the 800 megahertz band, and that goes up, uh, has an antenna on the roof that pushes out to the Montalbert water tower, and then we have our transmitter, I think a 50 or 100 watt transmitter out there. So we have a, like a, I think it's a 100 watt transmitter, the commercial stations I think have a 10 megawatt, right. so you can see the difference in terms of signal strength. But we still get pretty good coverage. And we certainly cover our geographic area. But if you're out in the far west of Melbourne, you'd have trouble picking it up. Yep. So there must be a lot of... Um, there'd be a noticeable amount of delay if I had like a radio tune to 3WBC here between us saying something and then it coming out of the radio? Not much at all. Really? Uh, it is a slight echo. So, um, but we'll, we'll, there's a bit of thing on delay. So there's a slight echo... Uh, and it is off-putting for people to listen to live. So we have some mix-minus things that do tricks here so that you can listen to the live signal um, so that you can hear us talking at the same time we're speaking. Yeah. And that's as a result of the stereo tool. Yep. Now, you can also have um, a delay function, which you'd use for talkback, and the commercial stations use that. And what that does is it will add a 7 to 10 second delay onto your entire signal going out of the studio, um, and we do have a uh, a dump button in the studio here. It's not hooked up into this particular studio, but the you press a button for a delay, it kicks the delay in, and we, it will play a 10-second jingle, but you keep talking, yeah. and then as soon as someone says the wrong thing, yeah. you press dump, and it pushes you back live. Oh, okay. So um, the person might hear nothing, um, but when you go back into delay, it'll play a 10-second loop. Yep. Now, the other thing is commercial stations, they can have other trickery that they use, and that's where they will do things like there's some software out there which they don't seem to use as much anymore, but it will progressively put you into delay. Oh, okay. So it can just slow you down a bit, and it might take about two or three minutes to build the delay back up, yep. and you can't notice it. But it just depends. But the commercial stations drop in and out of delay depending on what they're broadcasting. If they're doing sport, they don't have the delay running, but then when they come back from a break and take calls, they drop back into delay. Yeah. So because you guys do the, the sport yes. commentary and stuff, 
You don't have to do the whole old-fashioned thing. Remember the what they used to do with the cricket, where they do the commentary and then they do the sound themselves with like a pen or something. Yeah. yeah, well, they would. They used to do that with the. They would get feeds in from England or England. Yeah. Now the thing that's amazing now um, is that we have a unit um, by a company. There's a number of different products around, but we have a unit uh, by a company called Tyline. Also a Perth company. Also a Perth company, and they make an audio codec that has. Um, the delay on that is minimal, um, and it uses an IP link. Uh, so we use a 4G dongle and uh, connects into the mobile network, and it spits across a FM quality signal um, directly to us here at the studio. So um, what we will do as we're talking, if I go to um, no. That's not going to work. Uh, Just talk amongst yourselves, listeners. Yes. So if I go to... Write down... So you can, the listeners can't see this because I might edit it out. Wow, that was really loud. We will definitely be editing that out. Oh, good, Mark. The uh, For the cats... Is- all right, so we're back. Uh, we just had a bit of a pause. I was getting a file ready. So what happens is that the tie line spits out that audio signal, as I said, through an internet connection, comes in here to our receiving unit, and then it obviously puts that back into a uh, audio signal that we then mix into the panel. Um, the sound quality uh, is pretty good, and it um, does it at... I think it uses about, for a five-hour broadcast, it uses about 400 megabytes of data. Oh, really? Which is pretty efficient. Mm, pretty tight. Um, and if, you, and you, if you're standing next to the, the commentators, you can hear the delay. Mm. But if you were watching at the ground, you wouldn't notice it. So here's an audio sample from our grand final that we had yesterday. No, it did that again. So if we press Their play. systems are, uh, are kicking in. Uh, very well, Neil, and uh, so, you're with us. As so you can hear that. To, uh, that's to an audio signal that's been transmitted over the internet in real time. Uh, they're flicking over the other side of the ground, maintaining their systems, and that's uh, why they've got the lead on the scoreboard. So that's pretty good, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, so, uh, and I mean, these things are very expensive pieces of equipment, mind you. <laughs> um, and they've become cheaper over the years, but uh, they are extraordinarily reliable. And the only time we get a failure is actually with the mobile network, not the equipment itself. All right. Oh, and the occasional mixer blows up. Well, we've had mixer blow-ups, <laughs> but uh, that's about it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's how we do outside broadcast. And, and, I mean, there's different ways you can configure those. I mean, the, the endless opportunities. Uh, they've got a phone app as well, which is at a lower quality, but you can do broadcast from your phone. And in fact, a few years ago when I was in New York, I spoke to the guys on Geeks Interrupted for about half an hour via my phone. Oh, wow. But like like you're in the studio. So it costs you an arm and leg in data. A Wi-Fi in the apartment. Oh, okay. Great. So yeah, so there's um, so there's some stuff that you can do there from an IT perspective. We run a Windows Server. Um, we've got a couple of server grade machines, but they're running standard Windows doing uh, our legal recording. So the government requires you to have at least six weeks of your recordings of anything that goes to air, and it's oh. got to be off a radio as well. 
um, to for legal purposes, and we also have a second one that does a high quality record um, that will um, that we can use for rebroadcasting and and all that sort of stuff. So we've got that there. We've got some ubiquity Wi-Fi going on, security cameras. Um, yeah, we've got all sorts of little tricks and, and toys. Can I ask you a question about the just the origins of community radio again? Sure. <clears throat> Did it stem from or has it got anything to do with pirate radio or is that a different thing? Uh, pirate radio was, from my understanding, was based out of the UK and they found that if you were out on a certain distance out from the shore, then you could set up a radio signal that wasn't under the control of the government, but it would reach far enough in to give coverage to... Uh, that country. <laughs> so you were you were being able to get things to air without control of the government. Uh, right. Um, you can have pirate radio here, but they're, they're pretty good on... If you had a strong enough signal, uh, they'd, they'd shut it down pretty, pretty well. I know someone... This is not radio, but someone I know had a... Uh, an unauthorized femto cell in their office to boost the mobile coverage. Yep. And the ACMA found that pretty quick. Really? Yep. Wow. So, yeah. yeah um, there's this, like, you're allowed to have some unlicensed FM equipment up to a certain power, but once you go over to a certain power, then you've got to... Tell people. You, you've got to have licensing. And you can get narrowcast licenses here as well, um, which are even a lower power than what we do. Um uh, and if you're in an inner urban area, you can get a reasonable amount of coverage out of that. Um, a lot of people were buying narrowcast licenses many years ago because they were hoping that when we went digital radio, uh, DAB Plus, that they would get a digital license. But the uh, the government were never that nice. Oh, really? Never that nice. So, um, so yeah, so they, that's uh, what they do there. So in terms of what we do in the studios, we also have some playout software. So what we'll do is I will press this button and you'll get this really cool thing on the screen. So we use a piece of software called Jazzler. So the cool thing about Jazzler, the, the thing the old school radio used to be into carts. Mm -hmm. So they would load a machine with carts and one cart to one cart to one cart to one cart. Now, you don't want to have to have all those individual carts there. But what you can have is that you can have um, a heap of uh, songs and stingers and all that sort of stuff. So, for example, we can have, um, let's have a look. We can put that little stinger in and then we can have um, an ad. We'll move that up <coughs> and we'll put in a song. So what would happen is you've got that all lined up in the cart so that when we press play, Join Andy, Daniel and it goes through. Now, we're not going to listen to all of it. So you have to throw a promo in for my own program. <laughs> now, what you can see at the top of the screen, you can see how long it's remaining. Now, what we've got here is we've got details about what the song is and then we've got manual intro points set. So I've had to set this manually, but we can see that the intro's got about 17 seconds left. So if I was going to do a back announce, I'd be like, you're listening to the Four Non Blondes with What's Up off their 1992 album, Bigger, Better, Faster, More. This is 94.1 FM, 3WBC, and you'll see the time run out just about now. And if I shut up, 
it leaves it for the lyrics to kick in. Yeah. So yeah, so you get the idea of of what that does. So you can and you can do automatic programming with this. You can do time spots. Um, you know, you've even got. Uh, Is YouTube going to get upset with us by doing that? Uh, we're talking over it enough, so we hopefully we'll be okay. Okay. And we're not playing the whole song either, so that's all right. Have we got anything else in here? Have we got a... Or we might have that one. So then we've got a instance pa- panel. So when... Not that we necessarily always use it on Geeks Interrupted, but if we want to do a quick sound effect, um, you can go, well, Phil, you made a funny joke. <laughs> so it's a really bad Not that you thing. always use it. You always no, we use this one. Yeah. So you can hear that one all the time. There's some ones, the old ones here. We you always hear this every week. And then it might be um, just the tip. You get the idea. So, um, so yeah. So there, there you go. So uh, that's a bit of the software. There's a database in the background that you have to configure, and it takes a long, long. Long time to import lots of music and stuff in there because <laughs> you've got to set mix points and intro points and volume levels because you know MP3s and sounds don't come in at certain levels and things like that. So, yep. um, yeah, so but you know, I can run a three hour program on that. And in fact, Christmas Day, I will do about 12 hours of programming and I can record that. I can set up a playlist and then I can record all the voice tracks. And uh, I can do about 12 hours of programming in about an hour and a half. So with you guys, you don't do live shows 24-7? No, we have we have a pre-record from midnight till 7. Is that through that? No, not at the moment. Because oh, yeah. we've got some existing stuff. There. We do have some reliability issues there. <laughs> so we're, we're still working those out. Oh, yeah. But we use them for a lot of ads and news and things like that. So, for example, we have a news service uh, th- uh, that we uh, acquire through a company called Air News. Um, on another machine I've got sitting in the master control room, it um, they update the news from 6 or 5 or 6 a.m. through to 9 p.m. at night. And um, what happens is is that they upload the news to an FTP server at about uh, five about five or six minutes to the hour, and our system is set that at five minutes to the hour, it will automatically download a copy of that news uh, into our software. It just lays it over the top, and then you can press it to air, and it just is there all the time. So you can be pretty, pretty comfortable unless that machine turns itself off, which has, has happened. <laughs> Has happened um, that that news gets updated really regularly, so it's pretty cool. So uh, yes. So speaking of the music and rights and all that kind of stuff, do you guys have to pay royalties of some sort? Sure. So we pay two fees. We pay to AMCOS, which is the Australian Performing Rights Association, and that goes out to performers, and then the PPCA is the. Public performing publishing something, anyway that goes to music publishers. So we have different fee structures because we're a community station. So we pay uh, a fee based uh, on what our income is, and we've got a fairly low income. Uh, commercial stations have to do a lot more re- reporting, and they will play. They have to do a lot more detailed level of what they're doing. But and that's why they often like to use this t- t- sort of software because it creates all the logs for you. Oh, right, yep. Whereas we're, we're not as reliant on logs. We've got to do a sample, which we do a couple of times a year, 
uh, to, to get a, an approximate mix of Australian music and what have you. Um, but then we pay a generic fee to that. So, yep. so for example, we, we use CDs. People are allowed to bring in their own CDs if they've got the music there and, and use that, um, providing they own it. Uh, we've had advice to say that you can use legally Spotify, Apple Music, and what have you. However, you may be breaking the terms of service of that particular um, platform. Yeah. So there's no copyright issue. It's breaking the terms and service. I thought that even if you owned a CD, it's like when... Because um, I think even technically when you go to the pub and you listen, you have, they've got music playing. They have to pay APRA fees. Yeah, because they're broadcasting it. So if someone brings in a CD and then they broadcast it, oh, you're paying the fees on their behalf, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. And we have, we have a rate that, that is negotiated by the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia um, that, that is, you know, to support, um, you know, an appropriate level of rights for, for um, community stations. Yep. So. Fair enough. Because we want to make sure artists are, are represented too. But they also understand the role that, that community stations play, particularly with newer music. I mean, we have a couple of Australian uh, shows in particular here that use uh, the CBAA's AIRIT um, uh, AMRAP, no, AMRAP is what it is. It's a um, a tool that they use for um, getting new and emerging artists out there. So we can download music and get CDs and what have you um, of new music provided to us for free. So we've got a couple of programs that utilise that um, and, and focus only on Australian independent music. So there was a group that's that's getting bigger called the Teskey Brothers who grew up not far from here and they were on 3WBC before anyone heard of them. So right. um, it's it's great from that perspective. Okay. I've got a couple of questions around staffing, but I don't know if we're kind of... No, you can, we can go into staffing. We're sort of covered off the broadcast chain, really. I mean, yeah. it's very, it's a very, the you know, base level, yeah. but uh, that's just what you have to do. So can anyone just rock up and just have a have a program or do they have to technically yes okay not that simple surely they must have to meet some sort of standards or yeah so so what we so we are a community based organization we are a non for profit and we are registered with the Australian Charities and Non for Profit Commission um, while you are there are stations out there who have employees we do not here at 3WBC we would like to have one at one point, but you've got to pay for that. Yeah. Um, but what you, um, but what the idea of community radio is that it's open access. So as long as you're, we have to encourage people to, and we do encourage members of the community to propose for program, propose programs, and we don't create barriers for that to happen. Um, we do take into account our programming mix and what is appropriate for the right time of day how many time slots we have available. Um, and we also have an expectation that people train appropriately as well and also have a certain level of um, uh, experience. Not, not They don't have to have experience to come here, but they develop a, a certain level of experience. And we're not talking commercial radio experience, but are comfortable in using the equipment. They can understand how to get a sound out on air, and do those sort of things. So they can actually produce a radio program. Yep. We don't want it to sound like a commercial station yep. because that's not what we're about. We want the local voice. We want 
to hear those those individual stories and we want to hear from people in our community. So, um, you know, that we do have some level of quality control, um, but we will work with people to get them. We're not just going to say, your crap, get lost. Mm-hmm. How can we develop you into being a better broadcaster? Yep. So, you know, sometimes we question that. I mean, you listen to my program and we talk nonsense sometimes. So, um, but, you know, sometimes we do some good stuff too. Mm. So, you know, people seem to listen. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, but it's also there's, you know, we've, we've got to be aware of defamation laws. We have a number of policies in place for, you know, code of conduct. You know, we don't, we have a zero tolerance on harassment and bullying and things like that. So, um, there's all those things in play that you would expect from any, you know, you know, you come here to feel safe, not to be intimidated. Yep. And I wouldn't stand for that. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, you know, um, it's an interesting world to be in. Everyone's, if you want to do community radio, you've got to have a level of ego about you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be prepared to sit here and talk nonsense to someone for two hours. That's true. And yeah, we're talking to each other now, but we also, I've been in here for hours talking to no one, and you've got to push through that. That must be hard, having, if you were doing a solo show. Absolutely. I don't worry, I repeat myself all the time too. Mm -hmm. You can only say the weather so much. (laughs) So, you know, there's those things that that happen, Um, but, you know, that's what it's all about. Um, We struggle... Financially, we could always do with more money. We get funding from the government through the Community Broadcasting Foundation, which we're grateful for. We also um, get money from our sponsors. We're, we're limited by law to have maximum of five minutes per hour sponsorship, and we have to tag our sponsors. So you will hear... Um, let's have a listen. If we uh, keep talking... And uh, who's one of our sponsors that we can play? We can play this particular one, which is always good, which is our budget, who's our football sponsor. Ready, set. For easy automatic trucks, Rent-A-Car Blackburn is a free. With budget, you're good to go. Budget Rent-A-Car Blackburn is a proud sponsor of 94.1 FM 3WBC. So there you go. You can hear that we need to tag appropriately. Um, when we when we have sponsorship announcements on, and you've got to tag all the time, yep. um, and that, that's just what you have to do. But you know we're grateful for our sponsors and um, and our members for being here and doing all that sort of stuff. So um, it's an interesting interesting world. Lots of paperwork to do. Really, I report you know figures to the charities and non for profit commission. To the uh, we used to have to do it to the part the. Consumer Affairs Victoria, but we don't have to do that anymore, which is great because they get the charities figures. Community Broadcasting Association, Community Broadcasting Foundation, we report them to. Um, you know, there's lots of paperwork involved. Yeah. So you personally, how did you kind of get involved in, and kind of go up through Because you're the president of this station. Yes. So how did you kind of get involved and then go up through the ranks and stuff? So I started doing community radio in about 1993-94 um, with a couple of mates from high school, one of which um, was a had been doing community radio for a while. Um, I 
we did a show on a different station, it was probably the worst radio show you've ever heard in your entire life. It was awful. Right. And we got kicked off air. <laughs> Not surprising. We were 18. We were terrible. Yep. And um, so I stopped doing it for a while. And then um, my one of my, the friend who had done community radio before, he'd went gone away and done commercial radio in the country for about two years. Came back to Melbourne, we reconnected, and then I went to, he went back to that station, and I joined back up again, and got involved, and we were doing the program, and I learned a lot more from him, because he'd had some background in, in developing a program, uh, and I'd done that for a while, uh, and, you know, we were producing a proper, consistent program, and you can hear it, even though we piss fight around or geeks interrupted, you can hear that we produce elements to it progressively. structure, yeah. Um, so it's developing that sort of thing. Um, and, but we were doing that between nine and 12 on a Saturday night. So we decided that, um, that we would finish up because, um, we wanted to have a life. Mm -hmm. So I stopped doing community. That was early 2002. I think I finished doing that and I had a break for about five or six years. Um, and then weirdly enough, I started working, uh, in my job two doors up the road, which we're not there anymore and I'm not working there. But um, we had, uh, and I'd heard, and I was driving around a lot for work at the time, so I was listening to a lot of radio, and I'd heard this station, and they were here, and I got a hankering to get involved again. Yeah. So I came here, and I decided that I would do a program, and I would go home, and that was what I was going to do. And then um, they wanted to get the football broadcast up and running, and I'd had a little bit to do with the football at the previous station. Um, I had to finish it earlier because... And I wanted to because I had other things I had work to do and, and I had a job that I had to start working on Saturdays. And um, But I said, yeah, I know people and we can get some stuff going on. Uh, so I was sort of helped set up the technical side of the football broadcast, getting out, outside broadcast links and driving that sort of thing. And then just by nature, I became involved. I got onto the committee level and I've been on the committee now for near just over 10 years. So I think this is my 11th year coming up now. And um, and for the last three years, I've been president. Oh. So I've been vice president before that. But uh, yeah, I'm now the president. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it allows me to do things that I... I work for the government in my full-time job. I don't have control over budgets. I don't really have control over people at the moment. And this lets me do things that is a good experience getter yeah. that I don't get to do at work. There are plenty of times now that it crosses over. Really? Okay. I write policy at work. I write policy here. Different type of policy, but it's still policy. Yeah. But then there are other things that I do that are completely different. Do you have staff that are report to you at work? Not at the moment, no. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so that that's sort of why I do that. I mean, people don't report to me here, mind yeah. you, but... It's in charge of a group of people to make sure that we're following the ideals of what we're here about. So yeah. they don't report to you, but if someone was to do the wrong thing, like yeah, if you had one of your people doing a program and they were dropping the f bomb every second sentence, oh, we've had to do that. Yeah, the interesting thing is you're actually allowed to have swearing on community radio. Oh, really? But there are some there's some rules around it. So we have a station policy: really, no swearing. Okay. Um. Depend like you know if I said shit, well that's fine. Also depending on the time slot. Yeah. Um, but we generally it's just easier not to. Yeah. 
Um, but the general rule of community radio is that you have, providing the language is not defamatory, you're fine. Mm-hmm. So what you your aim is, is to, we will say that, okay, you need to look at the appropriate language during the time slot that you're on. So a mid, a dawn, a breakfast to 6 p.m., you're going to say, well, the type of audience that would be listening at that time is not an audience that's really going to be au fait with swearing. Yeah. But if I was doing a show from 10 to midnight, well, then you probably, you you can say, well, we can relax that a little bit. So yeah. it's what you think is decent and appropriate for your audience. It's like TV. I mean, they wouldn't play Friday the 13th on a Saturday morning. No, exactly. And I mean, they, they've got some bit more structure about what they can play at certain times, but we would fulfill that sort of structure. Yeah. So, I mean, if we said, well, okay, Mondays from 8 o'clock till 2 a.m. is going to be heavy metal music, well, then you go, well, that's the audience we're attracting at that time. It might be okay from 8 p.m., but that's not how our grid's set out. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, so you can, but there you need to be mindful of what the rules are and also station policy. Mm-hmm. Better. And... So you're all governed by the same kind of set of rules from a community radio perspective, but you can still have some flexibility at the station level. Absolutely. Yep. So we, um, well, I mean, we've just got to have a station that is, you know, not for profit, um, uh, is run by our community and informed by our community, um, and um, and produce programming that relates to that. Um, there are there is a community radio code of practice that you need to follow as well, but it's it's a you know it's not ten thousand words. It's a, a mission statement of key things, and you you want to develop a capability that that is surrounds those ideals. Yep. Yeah. Inclusive, you know. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. The so more kind you, of you can have a look at cbaa.org.au. The code of practice, the community radio code of practice is there. Yeah. Light reading for you. Yeah. It's not too bad. <laughs> no, that's right. I was going to ask something to be answered pretty much just then anyway. Okay. Cool. So, yeah. So, that's sort of that's sort of it. Um, you know, I'm not here by myself by any means of the imagination. We've got 120 volunteers oh. on air. Yeah. Um, while I'm the president, we've got our station manager who's also the secretary, which is John Farmer, who's been here and now a life member. We've got a new treasurer that's come on board to learn more about things. We've got seven members of our committee of management, and then we've got our subcommittees who do programming, training, technical. Um, our technical committee is, uh, is a couple of guys uh, on there who are amazing with their knowledge and just completely blows my knowledge of, of the sort of equipment they're doing here out of the water. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's, uh, we've got a group, good group of people here for, for all intensive purposes, and we have fun. Oh, so all 120 people live within the area? Do they have to? No, they don't have to. No. I don't live in the area. No, and I think the guys from Geeks don't either. No, yeah. none of us do. Yeah. It's too expensive to live here. <laughs> the average house price is about $1.5 million. Really? Yeah. So, yes, it's... um. Yeah, Box Hill's a very affluent area. Really? So, yeah. uh, these days. And, and also the Burundara community, which is further in. I mean, the average house price in Camberwell and Hawthorne, I think is about two and a half million or something. So, it's a, it's a very affluent area. Um, you know, we have a, a large... We, we would like to have more, you know, Asian representation on the station of our Asian community. We have a large Chinese community in Box Hill. 
Um, so, you know, you would always, we, we encourage that. We used to have a one-hour program for Cantonese, one hour for Mandarin. We've now got two hours for each. You know, so you, you want to have programming practices that support that sort of stuff. So, Fair enough. So, yes. We might take a quick break, though. I think we've, I think we've done. I think yeah, done. pretty much done, yeah. So it's all good. So all right. we might take a quick break and then we'll come back and finish it up. Sounds like a plan. Excellent. You're listening and watching My Tech Opinion. We'll be back straight after this. And welcome back to My Tech Opinion. It's time for us to wrap up the episode. We're done. We are. So you've listened to me crap on about community radio for now. My Tech Opinion on the road. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a great time in Melbourne. I will. Especially if the footy result goes my way. Yeah, and you're going to see the project? Project tomorrow night. Uh, and then the footy on the Saturday. And there's nothing else really kind of locked in. So the other thing that you could do if you really wanted to, and you, yeah, I don't know if there's any tickets left and you've got to pay 80 something dollars for them, but the grand final footy show as well is on Thursday night. Doesn't that sell out like in five minutes? Not anymore, it doesn't. Oh, really? So... You can have a look, I think, on Ticket Tech or Ticketmaster or something. They might have tickets left. So, see if there's anything left. The problem is it's like 85 bucks to go to a TV show. Mm. Yeah, the project's free. Yeah. Anyway. So, that's it. Uh, Thanks to Aussie Techheads Web Hosting uh, for supporting the program. For great hosting plans and support, visit athwebhosting.com.au. Thanks to Glenn there. Um, We'll see you probably back in our normal surrounds next time. I reckon. Yeah, because... I'm here for the best part of the week, then I'm in on the Gold Coast for about four or five days, then I'm home. I'll go home on the 5th of October. Cool. So we'll probably we'll probably uh, do some recording there, and um, we'll see you on the other side of the camera next time. Yeah, probably. Actually, when I'm on the Gold Coast, I'm hoping the gate crash gigs, uh, gigs interrupted. Um, Aussie Tech Heads. Aussie Tech Heads, yeah. Nice. <laughs> We'll have to watch that too. Uh, anyway, we're going to wrap it up. Thanks very much. Remember, you can send us an email um, to uh, MTO, my tech opinion at prosumerit.com. I don't have my notes in front of me, so I'm just <laughs> making it up as I go along. Visit the website, prosumerit.com forward slash MTO as well. Make sure you hit subscribe on the YouTube channel or download the podcast via your favorite podcast app and leave us a review because we would appreciate it. It gets more people listening to us and hearing me and Shane talk a lot. Yes. So there you go. Anyway, that's it. We'll see you on our next episode, which we haven't even worked out the topic. We're going to think about that one for episode 28. Well, if we stick to our every fourth episode. We're supposed to have a guest. guest yes. Right. All right. <laughs> we'll have to think about that. We'll work that out. Yep. Maybe I can do some visual trickery and guest myself. Yeah. <laughs> like your little Memoji something. Yeah. <laughs> Memoji. Um... Uh, yeah, I've been playing with that. It's weird. Uh-huh. Anyway, we can leave it at that. See you all again next time on episode 28 of My Tech Opinion. See you then. Bye, everyone. Bye.